You have opportunity to hear me deliver my first children's sermon. So if you are one of those, come on up. <laughs> one of those children. Am I supposed to sit here, buddy? Right now.
Flying through. <laughs> and you thought, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. What would you do? When you see something amazing, what do you do about it? You've got to tell somebody, right? You go and tell somebody what you've seen. You say, you've got to see this too. So where do you encounter Jesus? Everywhere, right? In Scripture, in the sacraments here at the church, in and through your parents, the leaders around you. And Jesus says, follow me and draw near to me. Go to where I might be found and then go and tell others to come and see. Bring them to where Jesus can most clearly be found. And we do this because we love him, right? we love him because he first loved us. Amen. All right, that's all I've got. So there's a packet over there, and you guys know what to do better than I. Thank you, sir. All right, Father Larry, thank you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome and good morning to all. And I see some faces I don't recognize, which is wonderful. Welcome if you're new, and if not, pardon me. I haven't come across you yet. But uh, as you can tell, our rector is not here, and that's very seldom, but uh, he is with other clergy at Paseo, uh, which is a weekend, well, several day retreat to encounter Jesus. What a wonderful thing. And if those of you that haven't done that, pray about it. It's a wonderful gift from God. And pray for them as they complete their journey. Well, uh, in our Western Christian tradition, which we follow, January 6th is celebrated as Epiphany. And I'm sure all of you know by now that it is Epiphany. We took our stuff down, we burned the green, so we are in Epiphany. Many Protestant and Reformed church traditions such as ours, the season of Epiphany extends from January 6th until Ash Wednesday, which begins the season of Lent and uh, then leading to Easter. During the season of Epiphany, we celebrate God manifesting himself as an innocent, vulnerable baby to the whole world. The universality of the incarnation of God is portrayed by the adoration of Jesus by the Magi, who are from different parts of the world and of various faiths. The Magi did not stumble on the baby Jesus by accident or only on their own volition, but were drawn or called by God to follow a star and through divine revelation realize the cosmic importance of the coming event of the Christ into the world. So now let's, let's delve into the gospel of today. Well, this morning, let us ponder what does it mean 
to be called by God. In the Gospel of John, the first disciples are also disciples of John the Baptist, and one of them is identified as Andrew. Through Andrew, Jesus meets and calls his brother Simon to follow him also. Jesus then decides to head to Galilee, and that's when he encounters Philip, and through Philip, Nathaniel. The custom at the time, as well as today, is that one is either born into their fate, or one spends many years seeking out a spiritual leader or a faith to follow, with some never really finding either one. Some may have tried out the ideas of gurus or philosophers. They have sat at the feet of great preachers and wise teachers trying to decide whom to follow. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament makes it clear that God is the one who initiates contact and picks individuals to do his will on earth. In Genesis, after the fall of Adam and Eve and all of humanity, it is God that is seeking them. The Lord God called to the man, where are you? In the Old Testament, God chooses and calls Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, Moses and David, are also examples, and many others, including Samuel, which we read in our Old Testament reading today. Now, Samuel might have had some problems, I'm sorry, yeah, had some problems uh, hearing God, because he had to call him four times, but he finally hooked in. Well, Moses and David are also examples, so there are many others. But it, the key is that God is proactive in this calling of his followers. For us Christians, particularly, St. Paul stands out as someone God chose to be the most influential Christian disciple ever, despite his persecution of Jesus' followers. But what does it mean to be chosen or called by God? In John 15, 16, we get some insight of what it means to be chosen. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, and that your fruit would remain, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. So let us never think that we chose God. He has chosen us. As Paul wrote in Ephesians 1:4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Right at the start of the story today's gospel, John says, Jesus found Philip. Philip didn't find Christ. Christ found Philip. And once Jesus finds Philip, he issues a single command. Follow me. Philip is compelled to follow Jesus and leaves all else behind, his work, his family, his possessions, his ambitions. Then the first thing Philip did was to find his brother Nathaniel and tell him about Jesus. Nathaniel is a gospel character who appears only in the gospel of John and is believed to be one of the apostles. When someone responds to our faith in that kind of dismissive tone, when Nathaniel answers Philip sarcastically, 
Can anything good come from Nazareth? It can be quite undermining of our faith. The first rule of being a disciple of Jesus is very simple. Tell other people about Jesus. Yet it seems that Philip's faith was not undermined by Nathaniel's skepticism. He gently persisted with Nathaniel, inviting him to come and see. As a result, Nathaniel made his way to Jesus and went on to make a very strong confession of faith in Jesus. You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And when it comes to evangelism, after sharing the good news of Jesus the Christ, all we need to keep saying is, come and see. We don't need to get involved in heavy theological debates. Don't take my word for it. Come and see and let God do the rest. Jesus' discourse with Nathaniel is very interesting. Let's look at this part of the passage. When Jesus saw Nathaniel coming towards him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathaniel asked him, Where did you come to know me? And Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. What is the importance of Jesus picking that particular moment when Nathaniel is sitting under a fig tree? Well, there are many speculations, but one that I find most compelling is that while Nathaniel was in prayer and reflection under a fig tree, he received a revelation that he would live to see the Messiah. So when Jesus mentions the fig tree, Nathaniel realizes that Jesus is the fulfillment of what was revealed to him. Also, the word to see is used differently in Greek. There are several words. Philip said to Nathaniel, come and see. And the Greek word that is used here had to do with the use of the eyes. But twice the word see is used regarding Jesus in this passage. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him, and I saw you under the fig tree. On both of those occasions, there's a different Greek word used for to see and the one that, than the one that Philip used. On both occasions, the word used has nothing to do with physical sight through the eyes, but speaks of spiritual perception instead. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him, that is to say, he saw into Nathaniel's heart as he approached and recognized him for who he truly was. Secondly, Jesus says, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you, which suggests that Jesus knew of Nathaniel before this encounter, not in a physical sense of having seen him before, but in a more spiritual sense of having had his hand on Nathaniel's life before that encounter from all eternity. Yes, Jesus Christ had found Nathanael, just as he had found Philip, even though both Philip and Nathanael thought they had found Jesus. In this passage from John, Jesus is perceiving in Nathanael the obedience of a well-lived Jewish life. He says, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit meaning that Nathanael has known the peace and blessing of God in his life. 
there is a real sense of peace that we can derive from knowledge that God has had his hand on us even from before we came aware of him. But in a relationship with Jesus, there's even more for Nathaniel to receive, far more than obedience to the Jewish law could ever give him. Jesus says to him, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. He is calling Nathaniel into a deeper place of peace and blessing through our relationship with him. As Christians, we know that peace and grace can only derive from our relationship with Jesus Christ. The more we allow Jesus to be a center of our lives, the more we know peace in our hearts. Nathaniel had come a long way, even though he was still at the beginning stages of his faith journey. Nathaniel was at least on the journey of faith and sanctification. It is important to note that come literally means come here. Your destiny is to follow me. This was a command, not a request by God. For the disciples, this meant leaving their nets, their boats, their homes, their families, their mothers, their wives and their children. Contrary to first century Palestine custom, for disciples to choose their rabbi, that's how it was done, like the way people tend to choose their church today for a particular style of worship or preaching or convenience, Jesus' first disciples are picked by him and commanded to follow him, knowing full well that they would. When we say, come and see, we are faced with a real challenge as a church because there are rhetorical questions for us to answer. If people do come and see, what will they find? Will people receive a warm welcome here? Will they get a sense of God changing lives? Will they have an experience of worship that gives them access to God? Is Jesus at the center of St. Timothy's? If they come and see, Will they meet God? These are great questions for all of us to ponder and work towards. It is abundantly apparent that we did not choose God. He chose us from all eternity. We are called by him primarily to tell others about the good news of Jesus. Mark's gospel elaborates on the call of Jesus. Come, follow me, Jesus said and I will send you out to fish for people. And once they left their nets and followed them. Although we are chosen by God, it is important that we don't forget that God uses us to find and bring others to him by sharing the gospel. After spending a day with Jesus, what is the first thing Andrew does? He finds his brother Simon and tells him, we have found the Messiah. Notice the sequence. Andrew tells Simon about Jesus. Andrew brings Simon to meet Jesus. Andrew and Simon follow Jesus. We are not to be discouraged by the response we may get from others, but trust that the encounter with God will be a life-changing for them as well. We are called into a life of peace and blessing and love with God. 
Jesus sees us, he knows everything about us and perceives our deepest needs. If we follow him, as he says to Nathaniel, we will see heaven open. Our own faith too will remain strong if it is rooted in our own personal encounter with the Lord. That encounter, that relationship will allow us to go on believing even in an environment that is not supportive or perhaps hostile to our faith. If we remain faithful to keep witnessing to our faith, we might be surprised that the ways of the Lord can draw others to himself through us, even skeptical Nathaniels. Let us pray. Dear Lord, help me to discover your call and purposes for my life so that I might know you, love you, and faithfully serve you all the days of my life. Please make my love for you so infectious that others will come to know you too. And one day I may hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.